Welcome to Awaken to Grace. Today we are in chapter 13 of our study of Revelation. I'm going to attempt today to answer questions that it seems like Christians have asked throughout all centuries. Who is the Antichrist? How will we recognize him? What is the mark of the beast? Well, friends, if you've listened to much teaching on Revelation, you know there is crazy and wild speculations. We're not going to do that today. We're going to keep our nose in the scriptures, and we're going to dig out what God's word says concerning this man of lawlessness, this man of perdition, this man that the Bible calls the beast and the mark of the beast. I'm glad you're with me today. We're going to be in Revelation 13, and we're going to study it line upon line, precept upon precept. So, you ready to dive in this morning? Caleb, let's jump in. Revelation chapter 13. Brother, take us through verses 1 and 2. Verse 1 says, And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads, with ten diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it... The dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. I love these scriptures, and I have waited months for us to get to this very point. If you're going to take notes today, this is one thing I really want to encourage you to do. After today's sermon, because I think everything's going to make a lot more sense to you after today's sermon. And after today, I want you to go and read Daniel chapter 7. It is a fascinating parallel when you look at Daniel 7 and Revelation 13 together. Now, we all know the term anti-Christ. Where does that come from? It comes from the Greek word anti-Christos, anti-Christ. And while John uses the term anti-Christ many times in his writings, in previous letters, and while it's used in Thessalonians and other places... It is interesting to me, the word antichrist is never used one single time in the book of Revelation. Why is that? Because John chooses a name for the antichrist that I want you to understand today. And it is this word, beast. The name means, in the Greek, it is theron. It means beast. This is a vile and a hideous creature. This is very different than the four living creatures that are in heaven before the throne of God. Some Bible translations use beast there. That's an unfortunate English word of the Greek word zoa because that's where we get our English word zoo. They're two completely different words. Just like you see here in verse 1, this beast has diadems. Remember we said there are two different Greek words for crowns. There is the Stephanos crown, which means to overcome. And then there are diadems. And that's why I like this. It says diadems. It means a ruling crown. Well, beast 
here is Therion, and this is the word that John is going to use throughout all of Revelation to describe the Antichrist, or we may say the pseudo-Christ. And this is something I find very fascinating. If you read Daniel chapter 7, Daniel talks about the rise of this, what what the Bible calls this Antichrist. Daniel talks about his rise to power in Daniel chapter 7, but it's very interesting. Daniel describes these four global empires, and he says this. He says, it's like uh, a lion, like the mouth of a lion. It's like a bear. And it's like a leopard. Now that's very interesting. But yet John says it is like a leopard, like a bear, and like a lion. Why is the order reversed in Revelation? Do you know why, my friend? Because Daniel is looking ahead in time. John is looking back in time. Therefore, the order is reversed. The parallels are striking. And you should sit down and just together read Daniel 7 and Revelation 13 and follow the whole thing together. It's quite fascinating. So let's get into this. Who is the Antichrist? Continue on, please, Caleb. Verse 3. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed, and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. Verse 4, and they worshiped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, who is like the beast, and who can fight against it? Now, there's some interesting things here that I want to point out. If you're somebody that you highlight, or you asterisk, or you underline, or whatever, make these things jump off the page at you. There's a couple of things here. Uh, Caleb, read read verse 3 for me again, and let's just pick this apart for a minute. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed, and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. This is one of the first principles that I want you to understand. Every single thing that God does, Satan counterfeits. You have to understand that Satan is a master counterfeit. You look at when Moses was approaching Pharaoh in Egypt and the miracles that Moses did, Satan counterfeited, right? Satan has always been a counterfeit of God. And what we're going to see in this chapter is we're going to see the counterfeits that he has toward Jesus Christ. Was Jesus Christ not crucified and buried for how long? For three days and then rose from the dead? Well, according to this text, according to this chapter, the Antichrist, the beast, the Therion, he's going to receive a mortal wound to the head. And yet he's going to rise again. So much so that the Bible says that the world will marvel after him. Let me share with you, my friends, and and, and I don't think this is a far stretch. I think you will agree with me. The world is becoming ripe for a man to walk on the global stage who has all the answers, who has every solution to every problem. The world is ripe for this. So people will ask questions about the Antichrist. Who is he? How will we know who he is? How will you recognize him? 
Well, if you're going to take notes this morning, let, let me, let, first of all, note the principle, Satan desires to counterfeit everything that Christ does. And just as the Antichrist, just as Christ was crucified and buried for three days, the Antichrist will be mortally wounded and will come back to life, thus staging a resurrection. Now, Will we know who this man is, what the Bible calls a man of lawlessness, what the Bible calls the son of perdition? 33 titles in the Old Testament, 13 in the New Testament. Will we understand who this man of sin is? Let me share with you for a moment. Don't waste your precious, valuable time and energy trying to figure out who the Antichrist is. Because 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 <coughs> tells us that man of lawlessness will not be revealed until the restrainer is removed. What did we say the restrainer is? The harpazo, the rapture of the church. This man of lawlessness will not be revealed until the rapture of the church occurs. So, people ask, well, is the Antichrist alive on the earth today? You know what my answer is? Absolutely yes. And if you and I were living 100 years ago, you know what my answer would be? Absolutely yes. If you and I were alive a thousand years prior, do you know what my answer would have been a thousand years ago? Absolutely, yes. Do you know why? Because, friends, the harpazo, the rapture, is such a mystery to Satan. He has no idea when Christ is returning, and you know what he must have? I believe in every generation, he must have a man prepared to step into that role. See, that's why believers in the 30s and 40s, that's why believers could so strong think that Hitler was the Antichrist. Was he the beast? No. But was he an Antichrist? Yes. See, John says many Antichrists are going to come. But see, I think because John says many Antichrists, many pseudo-Christ, because many Antichrists will come throughout the earth, there's only one beast. There's only one Theron and his false prophet, the other beast, which we're going to introduce in just a moment. So, who is the Antichrist? How will we know him? Friends, we won't. Because until the restrainer is removed, the Holy Spirit, and we who are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, until we are removed, that man of lawlessness cannot be revealed. Why can that man of lawlessness not be revealed? Because, friends, you and I are restraining the evil on the earth today. Amen? And look around at how evil it is. Imagine what it will be when this church isn't here and all the other gospel-spreading churches in our city is not here. Imagine what the earth will be when millions upon millions of born-again believers are no longer on the earth. Imagine how evil will be unrestrained. You think the earth is evil right now? Friends, the earth hasn't seen anything yet. Continue, please. 
Verse 5. And the beast was given a mouth, uttering haughty and blasphemous words. And it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. Read verse 4 for me, Caleb. Make sure I didn't miss anything there. Verse 4 says, And they worshipped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast. Yes, that's it. Now, who did we say last week that this... This dragon is. Who did we say that is? The Bible tells us very clearly there's no guesswork. It's Satan. The Bible calls him a red dragon. Why? Because it speaks of his vile, his cruel. And why red? Because it speaks of his murderous spirit. The Bible says that he is, the, that he is not only the father of all lies, but it says he's been a killer. He's been a murderer from the very beginning. Who do you think influenced Cain to kill Abel? It was that murderer, Satan. The Bible called him in the previous chapter, in chapter 12, it called him the deceiver. It called him the devil. It called him the accuser of the brethren. It called him Satan. There's no guesswork who it is. And who does he give his power to? Who does he give his authority to? To the beast, to the Antichrist. Friends, you think Stalin was evil? You think Saddam Hussein was evil? You think that Adolf Hitler was an evil man? Listen, these were demon-possessed men, but they were not possessed by Satan himself. The Antichrist, the beast, the Therion, will be possessed himself by Satan. And he gives all his authority and all of his power to the beast. Continue, please. Verse 5. Verse 5 says, And the beast was given a mouth, uttering haughty and blasphemous words, and it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. Mm. Now, this is very important. (laughs) It was allowed. Now, the dragon, we know who he is, that's Satan. He gave him his authority. But who is allowing this to go on for 42 months? God Almighty. Remember what we've encountered over and over and over in the chapters of Revelation? God's saying it was given, it was granted, permission was given, authority was granted over and over. Let me tell you, God is in full control. And how long is Satan able to operate? He knows his time is short, according to the previous chapter. We read it last week. How long will he be able to operate on the earth? For 42 months. Friends, let's understand where we are in in the book of Revelation right now. According to chapter 13, where we are in the book, there is only 42 months left of human history as we know it. The Bible calls this time three and a half years. The Bible calls it 1,260 days. The Bible calls it time, times, and half a time, meaning three and a half years. Friends, the Holy Spirit cannot say it any clearer than how he is saying it. There is 1,260 days, three and a half years, 42 months, time, times, and half a time. And that is all that is left in human history at this point. So where are we? Where are we in the book? Where are we on the timeline? Follow me for just a moment. Revelation chapters 1, 2, and 3 is called the church age. Friends, that's where you and I are living right now today. The air that we're breathing, this is an age of grace. This is, if you will call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. 
This is the age of grace. This is the age of the church of Jesus Christ. This is the age that Holy Spirit conviction falls upon a soul and a soul may repent of their sin and become a new creation and old things are passed away and everything shall become new. That's the age in which we live. But the window is closing. The door is about to shut. Revelation chapter 3, the final church age, is called Laodicea. And I believe right now we are living in the Laodicean age. And then what happens? A great transition happens in the book chapter 4. What happens? John hears a trumpet. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, John hears a trumpet, Revelation chapter 4, and he says, come up here, harpazo, and the rapture of the church takes place. And where is the church? Where are all of these born again, blood-bought saints of God? Where are they? We're around the throne of God. This is the beam of judgment seat. This is where we receive crowns of life for our labor and the life that we've lived. This is where we worship the Lamb of God around the throne. Revelation chapter 5, Jesus takes the scroll out of the right hand of the Father. Revelation chapter 6, he begins to break the seals. The first 42 months begins. The first 42 months begins. The first three and a half years of the tribulation. Revelation chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 9 is where we find not only... Remember, there are three sets of judgments in the book of Revelation. Christ breaks the seals. That's the first set. It's called the seal judgments. How many are there? Seven. How many trumpet judgments? Seven. How many bold judgments? Seven. And what will help you in the book is if you see it like like reading a play or watching a play, the curtain will close and there are events up in heaven. And then the curtain rises and then the judgments begin. And between the sixth and the seventh judgment in all three, the seal, the trumpet, and the bold judgments, in all three judgments, the curtain closes in preparation for the seventh. In the seal, the trumpet, and the bold judgments, the judgments escalate in intensity upon the earth. They get greater and greater. Jesus said it's like a woman with birth pains. They get They get stronger as time goes. And so where are we in the book? The rapture has taken place, Revelation 4. We're around the throne of God, Revelation 5. Christ takes the seal. He breaks the scroll with the first seven judgments on the earth. That's Revelation chapter 6. We meet the 144,000 sealed Jews, and we see all that are born again, all the tribulation saints, Revelation chapter 7. And then we enter in into the trumpet judgments, Revelation chapter 8 and chapter 9. And then then we meet the two witnesses, Revelation 10 and Revelation chapter 11. That's the first time we meet the Antichrist. That's the midpoint of the tribulation. And now where are we? Chapter 12, chapter 13, there's 42 months left of human history. The first 42 months have passed. Now we're in the middle of the week, Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. 
Daniel's 70th week of prophecy. We know a week means years. The last week, the last seven days, in other words, the last seven years at the three and a half year mark, the Bible calls it time, times, and half a time, singular, plural, and then half. Here we are with 42 months left. And what is about to be executed? The worst, the most serious, the most devastating judgments the earth has ever known. So much that Jesus said, if the days were not shortened, no flesh would survive. Continue, Dan, uh, Caleb. Verse 6, it opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. Isn't that interesting? He blasphemes God, he blasphemes the heavens, and friends, do you know who he's blaspheming? (laughs) Us, who are going to be dwelling in heaven. Those who dwell. Can you imagine after the rapture of the church takes place? Can you imagine the lies and the deceptions and the haughty and the blasphemous things that this beast will say about the millions of Jesus followers that are no longer here but are gone? Go on, please. Verse 7. Also, it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation. So listen to the language. It was allowed to make war on the saints. Authority was given to it. Friends, for those of you that the book of Revelation scares you, friends, this is why it should not scare you. God is calling All the shots. The same God that loved you and died for you. The same God that changed your life. The same God that saved you. Is the same God that doesn't give up one inch of his sovereign power. Not an inch of it. Amen? Now this may trip some people up. Why is the beast given authority To make war on the saints. If chapter 7 and chapter 14 shows that the 144,000 will be protected. Well, no friends. Again, as you study Revelation, you cannot confuse categories of people. You have multiple categories of people. You have the 24 elders, which I believe is the church of Jesus Christ. You have Israel, the nation Israel itself. You have angels. You have the four living creatures. You have what the Bible calls those who dwell upon the earth or earth dwellers. Do you know why that's a separate category? Because, friends, we are not earth dwellers. We are pilgrims. We're only passing through here. Amen? This is not our final home. We're not earth dwellers. And then you have this other category called tribulation saints. Who are they? Well, if you remember chapter 6, these are they. Remember, John didn't recognize them. Why did John recognize the 24 elders, who is the church, us, 
But he didn't recognize tribulation saints because there are two different categories of people. And he, he, did, he had to ask an elder, who are these? And the elder said, these are they who have come out of great tribulation. They have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. But, oh, friends, the price that they will pay to follow Jesus... Do you use a streaming device at home or at work? Simply say, hey Google, play Awaken to Grace with Chad Roberts podcast and listen to our weekly podcast that is the current sermon that I preach each week at Preaching Christ Church.